Hey, welcome inside the Paragon Podcast. This is Doug Mitchell here today with a fantastic friend of mine, guest, and a very engaging and dynamic speaker, Mike Wagner. Hey, great to be here, and I hope to live up to what you just said. <laughs> well, I we, know you we'll, will. We'll still be friends no matter what. That's at the exactly end. right. <laughs> I know you will. Mike, uh, There, you, you speak all over the nation. I don't know if you've gone international yet. No, no. Not uh, yet, but uh, tell everybody, if you don't mind, give them a little snippet of uh, who you are and what you do. Uh, my name is Mike Wagner, and 15 years ago, I founded a company called White Rabbit Group. Uh, I would say that it's a leadership formation company. And uh, we help our clients, for-profits, not-for-profits, most anybody really, uh, build a framework of leadership that uh, makes a big difference in their business and their mission. Awesome. That's what we do. Yeah. So what, what, what is your big why? What drives you to do that you kind know, of our, work? That's a great question. Our passion is to connect leaders to their followers. Um, we kind of live and breathe that. We see that if you can connect leaders to the people that follow those leaders, uh, everyone prospers, everyone flourishes. And we found that most of the time, people are disconnected from their leadership and the people they report to. So we live, eat, and breathe that. Um, How we do it is we teach them about uh, the practices, how there are some basic practices that people can uh, actually learn. A practice is something Mm -hmm. I see you do. Uh, that it's based on uh, a simple process. And if you keep doing it over and over again, you get better. And if someone watches you and knows the practice, they can coach you to get better. Yeah. And so we have four basic practices that we teach leaders. And um, you know, frankly, uh, what we do, we do boot camps to teach those practices. Um, we coach uh, internal leaders we call champions, mm-hmm. connected leader champions. Mm-hmm. And then we also facilitate, usually over a year's time or so, uh, facilitated peer learning with leaders so that they learn this practice and it become more second nature. They do it over and over again. Uh, they bring their challenges. We solve those challenges as peers and um, becomes just the way we lead. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's us. That's us. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating because <clears throat> you said something in there that I wouldn't normally hear from somebody, I think, who's delivering the kinds of services you are. And you, you, it snuck in there. I don't know if anybody noticed, but you said over a year or so, right? Um, yeah. Why? why um, I think a lot of people, when they think leadership, they automatically think leadership coaching or training. And they think sure. yeah. a day, a weekend, some co- four courses a year, something like that. Does it, what is, what have you found in terms of, you know, the time frame? If it takes, does it take that long? Yeah, it's, um, that's one of the reasons I would say that we're not a, a traditional leadership training company. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't think that leadership in terms of developing leaders is an information problem. We think it's a formation problem. Um, so you think of, um, you know, like a small infant learning to dress themselves. Um, it's hard to put a sweater on right away. And so the more you do it, the better you get at it. And so you have to form these behaviors. And um, we have noticed, at least in terms of a lot of our, our client work and the people that we have uh, served and, and actually some of our research is that we have, I think, as an American marketplace, have uh, treated leadership as an information problem, and it's not working. Mm. It's not working. Um, we would point to a couple of things, Doug, in terms of research. One we would point to is that uh, the spend every year. Mm-hmm. There's a professor at Stanford University in the business school. His name is Jeffrey Pfeiffer. And Jeffrey Pfeiffer's research says that um, we spend every year in the United States around $24.5 billion a year on leadership training and development. Wow. 
Had no idea it was that much. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking, oh, hey, that's where I want to be. So that's, yeah, <laughs> that's right, the market right. I'm part of, right? Sounds good. Yeah. yeah. But there's other numbers that suggest that we're really not moving the needle. Uh, the one that almost everybody is aware of is the Gallup engagement scores, mm-hmm. uh, which have been taken for the last 20 years. And that says to us that 70% of all employees in the United States show up either partially engaged or actively not engaged. Mm-hmm. And that number hasn't moved in 20 years. Wow. So when you put those two together, that told us, hey, let's take a fresh look at how things work. $24.5 billion a year. We can't move that number. Mm-hmm. We can't up the level of engagement. Something's wrong about how we're approaching uh, yeah. leadership. And that's kind of led us into this whole whole year-long engagement and how we install what we'd call a framework. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah tell different. me about the that's framework. Different. Is it a series of pieces and meetings and how, how does it how does it fit together? Is it a, is it a, like I said, is it a series of, you said boot camps. Does it start with a boot camp always? It, start, you know, it typically starts with a boot camp. Um, two-day boot camp that we run, it's highly you know participatory. Mm-hmm. But what we're going to do is we're going to teach four we're going to teach four basic practices, and those practices really serve as the framework for mm-hmm. um, the actual behaviors of leadership. Um, in fact, we, we try never to really, well, we try not to at least, uh, think of leadership as an abstraction. Mm-hmm. We talk about leading as something I can see you do, and so these practices are things that I can see you do or not do or not do well. And in the boot camp, we want you to understand what that is. And we give you a game plan to walk out with. Um, if you have, let's say you had, for example, seven direct reports, mm, you yeah. walk out with a practice plan to roll out those four practices uh, with your seven direct reports. Okay. And um, so that's step one, takes a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Um, that's part of the framework. And then the other elements are we appoint a champion inside the company, ah. um, which is what we'd call connected leader champion. Mm-hmm. Anybody that really wants to be eyes and ears on the ground, reinforcing the behaviors, uh, being a troubleshooter for that. And then the year-long piece is uh, once a month, we say, let's say we had 15 of guys like you and me, men and women mm-hmm. like you yeah. and me, uh, getting together. We would meet, um, we would meet periodically, uh, usually once a month for 90 to 120 minutes. You would bring your leadership challenge. You might say, I got this new guy. He just start, came on board with my team. I'm a team lead. Uh, I just don't know what to do with him. He's not showing up on time or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And um, we spend a year solving those kinds of challenges so that we can apply the four practices in a consistent way. Yeah, it becomes our framework. Yeah, those challenges, the simple, it seems like they're simple, but those those little coachable moments <clears throat> that it requires that connection between manager and you know the team member to be able to, you know and, and repetitiveness <laughs> like it does I mean I see it the most if I happen to clip through one of these shows I don't yeah. even know the name but uh, yeah. HBO or Showtime or something um, about sports uh, team that's coaching the coaches show and they're very they're very tough they're very vocal but they're watching and they have this staff around them to drive home the right kinds of behaviors oh, yeah. on and off the field in business really don't have a lot of that and yeah. so are you are you teaching people to be a little bit more coach like a little bit more well definitely direct? like that in the sense that um uh, much more intentional and in building the relationship mm-hmm. so all the things so so one of the things we we began to see was um we'd hear we would get together with a bunch of leaders who had direct reports we'd listen to them and one of the things we hear it was, it was just like parents complaining about kids <laughs> they and, pick up their clothes yeah right yeah what is it going to take they didn't show up on time i mean it drives me nuts and so they were always they always complain about behaviors 
Um, but the fact was that they they could complain about the behaviors, but they couldn't change the behaviors very right, well. Right. <laughs> and then when they got ready to do it, they would power up on people. Hey, I'm the boss. You need to be here, whatever it might be. And there wasn't sufficient relationship mm. for that to be heard and received. Yeah. And, and anyone that coaches, I mean, most people in athletics, but other places too, it's just, um, you know, um, when you have a good relationship with an athlete that, re- that was on your team, uh, they don't take it personal. They can hear it. Right. Uh, um, but if they take it personal, uh, all it does is create distance. And we saw a lot of that. And so that's one of the, one of the elements is um, how do I build connection so that I can correct and reinforce the right kind of behaviors I want. There's more to it than that. Yeah. But um, that's usually where it begins. Yeah. That's usually where it begins. Yeah. The at the at that grassroots connection level. I, I mean, I, I I think that generally speaking, when I um, have been involved with organizations, um, you know, the, and I, and I have difficulty as well in terms of giving direct feedback. It's not always easy. And you bring mm-hmm. up the, the, when you talk about parenting, mm-hmm. I have no trouble giving my 16 year old son feedback, whether he <laughs> listens to me or not is more like you've heard that, you know, yeah, well, why do I want to manage a bunch of kids at a, at a, a bunch of big adult kids at a, at a, well, at a, yeah, you know, I mean, a company. It's, it's one of those things. I mean, employees, um, one of the interesting things uh, here in Iowa, but I think this is true in certain industries like mm-hmm. IT, and that is, um, you know, it's 2.4 unemployment here. Um, the issue is, is the talent war. Mm-hmm. I don't have, mm-hmm. if I don't like it, I don't have to stay. And the research, I always thought it was anecdotal, but when I got into the research, people do leave. It's pretty be- wild. Because yeah. of the people they report to. Yeah. And we were just yeah. in, a, in a leadership forum with IT leaders yesterday and um you know somebody said i left a job um that uh, because of the leader that i reported to Mm -hmm. it wasn't going to get any better and so what i ended up doing was i took another job i have to drive 40 minutes uh Mm -hmm. to my new job but i'd rather do that than report to this individual yeah so yeah yeah it (laughs) happens yeah yeah it's a big deal uh, it's pretty common. It's a big deal. Retention, it makes retention awfully difficult whenever that's the case, you know? I mean... Yeah, you lose the talent wars and it's really, really costly Yeah, and in so many different ways. And so, you know, the things that I hear and that really kind of led us into going deep into this, mm-hmm. um, a lot of drama at work. Yeah. <laughs> a lot, yeah. A lot of drama at work. <laughs> and it shows up in all kinds of language, like I'm always firefighting or I know what to do with this person. Superhero. Um, yeah. We, we heard a hero. Yeah. And then we heard a lot of uh, the retention issues. I just had somebody quit. I didn't see this coming. Um, so that issue and the disruptiveness uh, to their team. And then uh, kind of the classic things that we would hear is we have way too many quality escapes and there's no reason for that. We have all these processes in place. I don't see why this is happening. Right, right. Uh, and it was because it's not enough just to have the processes in place. You've got to have the ability to keep people in alignment with that and, and help them understand that and have the discipline to do it. And that's a leadership issue. Yeah. And then the last thing we would hear is, uh, I don't understand why I have all these client escalations, mm-hmm. whether it's internal customers or external customers. You know, this was going bad for six weeks and they knew it and now I, now it rolls up to me. Sure. What's, what's going on here? We saw those all symptoms of, um, of the lack of a framework where you led effectively people one-on-one when they report to you. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so that's, that's how we built what we call Connected Leader. Just a brief break here to mention the organization that makes this podcast possible, and that's Paragon IT Professionals. 
Paragon's IT leadership forums boast more than 300 alumni now and have raised more than $100,000 in scholarship funding to help drive STEM education forward. For more information on IT leadership forums in Iowa or Minnesota, please visit ParagonITPros.com. A lot of leaders go out, we, we all do this, right? We read a book and we think that's going to be, sure. this is going to unlock this thing for me. We might deploy even a systematic way of doing business, uh, operating our business based mm-hmm. on a book or some yeah. other consulting system. There's all system. kinds of management systems which are really good and valid. Yeah. So the yeah. companies I'm thinking that engage you to drive this are really looking, it seems, to do um, very nitty gritty hard work to get change to happen. They're not seemingly looking for that sort of leadership magic bullet or that silver, whatever the next the next uh, shiny object is. It seems like they're really digging for change because this sounds like a lot of hard intentional work. Uh, not is. not this uh, uh, cerebral exercise where I read, I get no. enlightened, and then my followers all of a sudden get my, my vision. Yeah, there's no quick fix and um so it's not that it's um it's a discipline. It's a, that's why we call it practice. It's uh it's going to take time. It's going to take effort. Uh, it's going to be basic, and you can build a lot of different things on top of it. But you got to have a foundation or a framework mm-hmm. to build mm-hmm. on. And um, yeah, that's that's someone who wants to get there. But here's here's the thing. Here's um, if we have time, we got three basic metrics. Three basic metrics that really matter. Uh, so if you don't build this foundation well, here's what it costs, all right? Okay. So one of the costs is, um, makes sense, and these are metrics that we use, or at least titles that we use. Maybe other people have different titles. One is what we would call employee retention rate. Mm-hmm. Now, everybody almost understands that, right? So we probably even measure that. Your HR team does that. But uh, we'd also suggest that you measure it both at a macro level for the entire organization but also a comparison level, uh, manager versus manager. Mm, so if okay. you got seven people to report to you, and I got seven people to report to me, what's your employee retention rate versus mine? Because yeah. that tells me where I need to really shore up my leadership. Okay. I got somebody that's uh, burning through people. Yeah, I got to yeah. take a look at that. So that's yeah. employee retention rate. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one would be internal promotion rate. And uh, so what that cost me is that I always have to go out and find a new leader. So does uh, your seven people, for example, ever become promotable? Mm-hmm. Does anybody on my team ever become promotable? Either technically promotable, so they actually grow in their skills and abilities, or ideally, in terms of leadership, they can actually manage people, become a team lead. Mm-hmm. If that never happens, I got to take a look at that. Because what that means is it's cost me a boatload that I got to go out and bring somebody in from the outside, and that's wrought with all kinds of risk. It doesn't mean that's going to work, or yeah. it's not going to work really fast. And so, um, big deal, really yeah, big deal. Yeah. The third metric um, that we challenge HR people to look at when they think about leadership and senior leaders too, and that is um, uh, what we'd call employee escalation rate. And this is really an interesting one to get a conversation around. Employee escalation rate means that how many times does HR get involved in an employee issue that ideally should have been handled at the manager level, at the okay. supervisor level, but why mm-hmm. did it roll up and come into HR? Um, it shouldn't have. And so employee escalation rates can be, I'm a manager and I threw this over the fence at you because you're in HR, or my people are so frustrated they went around me and came to you. So we ask people uh, a couple questions. We ask them, um, how many times does that happen in a month? Um, uh, Whose people are coming? Again, we're comparing manager against manager. But also, uh, what's the average... um, 
intervention. Is it three hours, five hours? So I was working with one person who had an average of 10 escalations a month that should never have come up to HR. Right. Their estimation was four to five hours for each escalation. Yeah, it's real. So so all they're doing is putting out fires, you know? And uh, there's other things HR could be doing that would be more beneficial. So those are all behaviors that we feel connected leader. It takes it a year to build these practices, but these practices address those very, very, very costly things. And there's many others, but those are three big ones. Yeah, so all the focus that's uh, out there in the greater uh, universe around the word culture. And, you know, culture eats strategy for breakfast, blah, blah, blah. All of that culture talk makes it seem like, and I mean, I've known quite a few people, right? That's their focus is cultural development of the organization. We've lost our culture. Uh, What is... What uh, that doesn't seem like what you're focusing on at all, really. Well, you might be making culture, but in a very different yeah. way. Yeah. So I, I, <laughs> I, after a while, I started looking for words that we use that actually kind of derail us uh-huh. and deflect us. So I, I started telling the senior leaders I work with, never use the word culture. Mm. Stop using yeah. it. Yeah. Because really, all that matters is our behavior, not our culture. If we get the behaviors right, we will produce the culture. Right. You build culture, one decision, one action, one behavior at a time. So let's talk about you know getting that foundation done, and um, let's stop using culture as an abstraction to kind of yeah. ruminate over, and let's just get after this. And so um, I'm action uh, over abstraction. That's, that's me, and that's what this is all about. Fantastic. Well, that's a great way to end our first segment, this great overview of Connected Leader, uh, the framework, Mm -hmm. the philosophy, the execution model, all of it. It sounds uh, amazing. And I'm sure I know you're working with a lot of companies uh, both around here and throughout the Midwest and elsewhere. uh, And I'm sure you're seeing fantastic results. So in our next few episodes, we're lucky enough to have you. We'll do a full series and break down the Connected Leader into its component parts Mm -hmm. and uh, take take a look. closer look so thank you for coming in the studio mike thanks doug yes see you soon